This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Okay, look, I only have two hours, so. And I'm glad y'all introduced us because I said, well, you know, your pastor and I look so much alike. I said, what if I get up here and they think I'm Pastor Koye? That's cleared up now. It's cleared up right now. This is evidence that God is not wanting us to stay with a status quo. He's moving us out of comfort zones and traditional ways of thinking. The Spirit of God is moving in our midst and in our community. Time is wrapping up. The signs of His coming are everywhere. Can you see them? And He is wanting His church to no longer operate in silos, but to come together the way He always intended. Amen? I'm going to take just a minute. I'm in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, if you want to turn with me there. I digress just a moment to talk with you about the vision of God. And it was mentioned earlier, Revelation chapter 9, chapter 7, 9 through 10, after these things I looked and behold, whenever you see that behold there in Greek, it means look with the intention of getting something that matters to you right now. What is it, God, that you are saying in this vision that matters to me right now? After these things, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. We say something that's secular and we mean well, but it's not good. We say, I don't see color. You better get that fixed. Because when we get there, there's going to be a lot of color. We say that ethnicity doesn't matter, but it does matter. Because in the resurrection, he's keeping your ethnicity. You will still be Latino. You will still be Nigerian. You will still be German. It's not of God to say that it doesn't matter. Because it is going to be a part of your identity in the resurrection. Amen? I see all the nations and I see all the tongues. And so he says, behold, because I'm supposed to ask myself, if the goal is a unified diversity, then do my actions today help us get there? Amen? Am I operating in cooperation with the Spirit? Because he tells me where we're going. We're going to look at Acts chapter 8 verses 26 through 29 for just a moment. It says, verse 26, Now angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near 
and overtake this chariot. Philip is an accomplished evangelist. Now Jews don't have any dealings with Samaritans. You with me? They don't eat with them. They don't sit where a Samaritan sits. But Jesus started something and the resurrected Jesus is finishing what he started. And so in his resurrection, he uses a yielded vessel like Philip, spirit led. I want to go back to those Samaritans. I want to finish what I started. Do you know he's going to finish the work that he started in you? Amen. He's going to finish what he started. And so Philip, he has led this great revival. Samaritans receiving Jesus. Samaritans receiving forgiveness and favor. And all of this is going on and then out of nowhere. An angel of the Lord speaks to him and says, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then Luke says, I just want to let you know, if you're reading this and you're a Gentile and you're not familiar with that area, if you're not pulling up your Google Maps, he says, that was a desert. There were no Valeros. There's no Walmart. There is no North Star. There is no Ingram. There is no Rogers Ranch. There is no Dominion. There are no buildings. There's no residence. There's nothing there. He's leading me places I don't go. You hear that? See, the diversity, Joel, that God is going to accomplish is not going to be accomplished when I go based on my own understanding. He's going to lead me places that I don't go. And if I examine it analytically, then I will rationalize not going. Does that make sense? He says, I want you to go there. The word arise always implies immediate obedience. We delay too long in responding to God. And then we wonder, where's the blessing? God is wanting you to respond immediately to the prompting of his spirit. Is that making sense? And so what did he do? So he arose and went, and behold, I told you, whenever you see that behold, it means that what you're going to see next applies to you and your situation right there. And behold, a man of Ethiopia. A eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. We didn't invent racism. Racism's always been around. Moses was in an interracial marriage and his family didn't like it. They talk really bad about him because of his interracial marriage. You read it in numbers. And on account of that, God had to rebuke them because they didn't like the diversity that God created. The reason why I'm telling you this is that Philip is a Jewish man. And while it doesn't say that he is racist, the author is saying, I want you to notice that the person who was on this road was an Ethiopian. He wasn't Jewish. Samaritans are half Jew, half Canaanite. So they look very similar. But this Ethiopian man had very dark skin. They don't look alike. You with me? It says he's, he's there, and I imagine that Philip is saying, man, what in the world am I doing here? There is nothing here. I'm down here. I came here 70 miles. Why did I come here? And there's just some guy riding in this chariot with his 26-inch rims riding by. I don't even know why I'm here. Verse 29. 
Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. He was not willing to consider at the moment that the reason why he was there was for somebody that in his mind he wasn't going to have a conversation with. You, you hear me now? See, if I am willing, the Spirit of God is leading me places I don't go and he's leading me to people I don't know. Turn to your neighbor say, neighbor, he's leading places we don't go. Turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor, oh neighbor, he's leading to people we don't know. You know, sometimes the only thing I know about a group of people, I learn from the people around me. It's not good when the only thing I know about a Hispanic person is from black people. If the only thing I know about white people is from black people. The only thing I know about Asian people is from black people. Then I'm in a membrane of homogeneity. I don't actually have any first-hand knowledge. And I form these opinions about Nigerians and Ethiopians and Asians not based on actually having met or talked to one, but based on these people who vote like me and look like me and listen to the music I listen to. I don't have any first-hand knowledge. Y'all follow that? And what God is leading me to do, and it's actually Jesus because it was Jesus who talked to the woman at the well. And Jesus is not dead. He is risen and living. And now the spirit of Jesus in you is wanting to have conversations with the woman at the well. Amen? He's wanting to lead Philip. Amen? He's wanting to lead you. And that's what he was doing here. So he had to tell Philip. Philip had to be nudged. And it's okay that you realize, you know what? I didn't want to admit it, but I'm realizing in this situation, I'm a little racist. He said, you can't say that. I just did. <laughs> right? So you can't say I can't say that because I already said it. And my racism, it may not be a hate, but I may not be as warm toward a person that I don't have a natural affection for as I do my people. Y'all following what I'm saying now? Yeah. And as if that is the case, as long as I let the Spirit lead, it's going to be alright. And so the Spirit was leading and the Spirit told him, I need you to go and take on that chariot. In fact, what it says in Greek is join yourself to the chariot. Don't let it go. This is not zone. This is man. Stay on your man. So the Spirit tells him that what happens next is amazing. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. You know, that's not a good sign when you see me wiping away sweat. <laughs> so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? Verse 31, and he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. We have rationalized not going to talk to some people 
But what we don't realize is that God has gone before you preparing their heart for the conversation. We rationalize not having the conversation, but the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord has gone ahead of you and prepared them for the conversation. The man that he wrote up, he wrote him off. I don't even know why I'm down here. Why am I down here, man? I don't even know why I'm down here. There's nothing down here. I can't even go by Dr. Pepper because there's no Valeros down here. Why am I down here? I don't know why you let me down here. It's just some Ethiopian dude in his chariot. Hey, Philip, what? Yes, yes, Lord, yes. Catch up with the chariot. The chariot, yes. I want to encourage you to stay in shape. You never know when the Lord going to tell you to catch up with the chariot. I'm just saying stay in shape. You never know. You never know. You don't want that to be your last message and you die right after that. Stay in shape. So he catches up with the chariot and then, my God, I realized I wrote the man off. And 70 miles was not too much for one man. 70 miles was not too much for you to go get my one man. Go get him. And when he hears, he realizes God has been preparing his heart. God has been readying him for this moment. Is this making sense? And so then he asked him, hey, hey, do you know what you're reading? Now, it had to look somewhat unusual. You're just riding in your chariot. And then some dude runs up next to your chariot. And he asks you, do you know what you're reading? He obviously can hear you reading it, right? And he's asking, do you know what you're reading? And I'm beginning to think as I'm in my chariot and I found out I am of Ethiopian descent. I didn't know that. I was in an airport one time and I'm going through the airport and the lady asked me, are you Ethiopian? I said, no, I'm not Ethiopian. Do I look like I have a high forehead? Do I look like I have curly hair? I'm not an Ethiopian. And then I go to turn in my rental car and they say to me, hey, are you Ethiopian? Same city. I'm like, no, I'm not Ethiopian. Why do you keep asking me that? And then finally, I'm talking with my father on the phone, and he says, you are descended from an Israeli Jew and an Ethiopian. Wow. I'm like, oh, I didn't see it, but they did. <laughs> he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. I'm realizing that God is providing an answer. Somebody has already been prepared for your arrival and the fact that you politically are not in the same camp, ethnically are not in the same camp. The fact that you don't listen to the same music is irrelevant. God has gone before you preparing them. We just want to be in Bible studies. But God is wanting the Bible study to culminate in a willingness to go with that scripture. Amen. So he tells us where he was reading. So the eunuch answered Philip, I ask of you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? I have a question. The question is actually from God. The realization is actually from God. Do you realize the burden is not on you to convince somebody to receive Jesus, that Peter didn't receive Jesus because he was intellectually elite? Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. All God is wanting from you is an unconditional willingness to go. Amen? Yeah. Just go. He's going to convince them. 
He just wants you to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. He's going to convict them. And you make sure that when you talk with them, keep it on topic because the anointing is on you not to talk about your politics or your denomination. The Spirit of God only wants to talk about Jesus. Stay on topic. If you stay on topic, the power begins to flow. So Philip, verse 35, he opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now you're saying, well, what's the big deal? It would be like if you went in the Starbucks and you're trying to figure out how you could do some evangelism and then somebody in frustration cried out in Starbucks, this John 3.16, what does this thing mean? I don't understand this. Can somebody explain this to me? He said, but he wasn't reading John 3.16 because there is no John 3.16. But this passage from Isaiah is the clearest reference to the atoning work that Jesus will do. And the man is saying, I really want to understand it. And so Philip, because all the scriptures are about Jesus. Genesis is about Jesus. Exodus is about Jesus. Leviticus is actually about Jesus. Deuteronomy is about Jesus. And when you really know your scriptures, then you don't have a problem segueing from any passage and explaining how the significance is in Jesus. Right? I don't need to have the Roman role. You can drop me anywhere. You can just deploy me. Just send me out. Give me any passage. And I said, yeah, let me see. Oh, yeah, this is about Jesus. And so he started explaining to him. And this eunuch... In case you're wondering what a eunuch is and trying to be polite because we have little kids in here. You know, a eunuch is somebody who gives up a lot to take a job. You got to want that job. Just saying. I would be unemployed. Just saying. But this eunuch, he is used to being told you can't participate in this because you're a eunuch. You can't have a role in this. You can't go into this part of the temple. You can't be a part of this celebration. And he believes in Yahweh. And he is wanting to be closer to Yahweh. And in his free time, what he would rather do than anything else, because he doesn't have Audible, he want to read about Yahweh. He's wanting to get closer. And he's, he's wanting to know, look, I see some water here and I think I get it. And I'm not saved by water. I'm saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. I'm saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But if the faith is real, then it should begin to manifest itself in obedience. And if I really believe in Jesus, then why wouldn't I get baptized and I see some water here? And I'm just wanting to know, is this just one more of those things where I can't really receive it? Because I'm used to hearing that. He said, man, if you believe with all your heart. And he said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. What I'm telling you is that God had gone before. And then he asked him to go places he don't go. To talk to people he don't know. In order that he might ultimately bring somebody to faith. I'm going to close now. I did have two more hours. But I'm around. Those who would reach the lost cannot be found lacking in the great essential of unconditional willingness. I'm willing as long as it's on Wednesday between 4 and 6 at the intersection of Bandera and 410. That's not willingness. I'm willing as long as you're only sending me to Hispanics or Nigerians or whites or blacks. Then you're not willing. 
It has to be unconditional willingness. The self-led evangelist goes where it makes sense to go, and he will gladly go to whom he wants to go, but where the destination can't be derived and where the place is full of people for whom he has no natural affection, he won't go. He is conditionally willing to be God's mouthpiece. In his hands, the sharing of the gospel is not according to the Spirit's leading, but it's according to his liking. And what God is wanting is to use someone who is a cheerful giver. I give myself away. I am willing to immediately obey you and go where I don't go to people I don't know and keep the topic on Jesus. Amen? Say it with me now. We going where we don't go. We going to people we don't know. And we're going to keep the topic on Jesus. And when you do that, there's going to be a filling of the Holy Spirit and you don't have to worry about what you're going to say in that hour. It's actually not you speaking anymore, Tammy. It's not actually you speaking anymore, Osai. It's actually the Spirit of God speaking through a willing vessel, creating that diversity that He gave you a vision of. Where? Pastor Koye and Pastor Pratt and Pastor Roderick are now worshiping together. And Pastor Joyce is trying to teach me some Nigerian. And my wife, when I get weary, is encouraging me to go a little further. He's creating this diversity. Lord God, I thank you for this time. And my prayer is that you would use my brother to raise the roof. And that we would repent of our unwillingness to be unconditionally willing. That you would bring about a collaboration between these two fellowships that sees the community hearing the gospel of God. And that we would be strange because there is a unity in us that is not born of human planning or legislation. But it is born of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we all say, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.